I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is a couple of absolutely wonderful poems. We've been at this for two years, produced over 50 podcasts of poets from all over the country and uh, other parts of the world. And today I thought we'd do something a little different. I was recently reading a book of poetry that I'd read many times, and I came to a poem that I really like. I read it, and I thought, no wonder I love this poem. It's perfect. Is that possible? Can a poem be perfect? Well, I think for an individual person's taste, at least, it could be perfect. And to me, this poem is about as perfect as I can imagine a poem being. I wouldn't change a thing. Why do I feel that way? I went back and read the poem aloud a couple of times, looking for details, for clues of why I think it is so fabulous. In the poem, an everyday experience in an interesting context is described. At the same time, ideas are included about the larger society, so it's about more than the specific experience. The poem has what I consider a great rhythm, absolutely nothing gets in my way when I read this poem to myself or aloud. And there's a whole lot of really good sound work. Sounds that go back and forth. Not rhymes necessarily, but sounds. So this poem was published in a book that won the Pulitzer Prize back in 1975. The book is Turtle Island by Gary Snyder. Gary Snyder fans may be trying to guess what the poem is. I think some of them will be right. A lot of people like this poem. I'm going to read it for you and then go back and point out some of the features that makes it for me, I guess, what I would say is a perfect poem. I went into the Maverick Bar in Farmington, New Mexico and drank double shots of bourbon backed with beer. My long hair was tucked up under a cap. I'd left the earring in the car. Two cowboys did horseplay by the pool tables. A waitress asked us, where are you from? A country and western band began to play, we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. And with the next song, a couple began to dance. They held each other like in high school dances in the 50s. I recalled when I worked in the woods and the bars of Madras, Oregon, that short-haired joy and roughness. America, your stupidity. I could almost love you again. We left onto the freeway shoulders under the tough old stars. In the shadow of bluffs, I came back to myself, to the real work, to what is to be done. I went into the Maverick Bar by Gary Snyder. Well, let, let me start with, number one, with the rhythm. I have, I have nothing much to say. When I read that poem, it's natural and easy to read, easy to breathe, to get the words out as they should be said, I think. No qualms at all about the rhythm. And when I look at the sound, oh, there's a whole lot of sound in here. We've got the, the Maverick Bar in Farmington, New Mexico drank double, those D's, shots of bourbon backed with beer. Nice B's. Long hair tucked up under the cap, left the earring in the car. 
We've got the bar up above. We got beer. We got the hair. We got the earring. We got the car. That's all the first stanza. That's just really, to me, that's great sound play. Two Cowboys did horseplay. It's interesting to call it did horseplay. I don't know what I would try to say there or what, what you might try to say by the pool tables and the waitress asks, where are you from? Then there's the country western band. They don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. And then a couple begins to dance. So the scene is definitely, I think it's something you can picture, even if you've never been to this kind of a bar. But it's certainly different than if I went into the Maverick Bar in uh, downtown Chicago, you know, down by the Loop or something like that, or in Manhattan. But it's Farmington, New Mexico. And it fits, I suppose, then, that they held each other like high school dances in the 50s. And then Snyder flashes to the fact that he had worked in Oregon. And there it's worked in the bars, Madras, a lot of R sounds right there in Oregon, and the short-haired joy and roughness of America. And here's where he makes a really interesting play, I think. It's just something that, you know, pops out when you're writing a poem. America, your stupidity, I could almost love you again. And we can see there that the uh, the speaker is is of the place and not of the place. Remember, he went in and tucked his long hair up under his cap, and he left his earrings so he um, he knew how much he did and did not fit in where he was going. Otherwise, I think he probably fits in pretty well as a, as a everyday good old boy. And then after that, uh, left into the freeway shoulders under the tough old stars. That also just seems like an archetypal uh, Snyder comment, tough old stars. It's just, yeah, it's rough. You're out there. I, to me, I can see the New Mexico landscape, the New Mexico night. And then he says he came back to himself. I came back to myself, to the real work, to what is to be done. Again, tucked the hair up under the cap, left the earring in the car, comes back out and assumes his full self-identity uh, which is actually an intellectual poet, is what he is, even though he fits in perfectly in this cowboy bar. So, for all those reasons, I do believe that, to me, this poem, I sure wish I'd written it. Let me say that, and I think a lot of other people do too. Let me just read the whole thing through without any interruption now, remembering all that great sound and rhythm. I went into the Maverick Bar in Farmington, New Mexico, and drank double shots of bourbon backed with beer. My long hair was tucked up under a cap. I'd left the earring in the car. Two cowboys did horseplay by the pool tables. The waitress asked us, where are you from? A country and western band began to play. We don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. And with the next song, a couple began to dance. They held each other, like in high school dances in the 50s. I recalled when I worked in the woods and the bars of Madras, Oregon, that short-haired joy and roughness. America, your stupidity, I could almost love you again. We left onto the freeway shoulders, under the tough old stars. In the shadow of bluffs, I came back to myself, to the real work, to what is to be done. Unbelievably, I have a second poem that strikes me as just about perfect and uh, for different reasons. A short poem that uh, captures a mood. 
uh, when I first encountered this poem, I was training in poetry therapy at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Washington, D.C. And as part of that training, you facilitate groups. When you facilitate a poetry therapy group, you typically often, let's say, distribute a poem and someone reads it aloud and then people just start talking. And the poem is intended to be an additional stimulus to self-disclosure and exploration. I thought this poem was perfect in what it says for inviting disclosure and and exploration. Uh, So here it is by Kenneth Rexroth from a book called New Poems, which aren't new anymore. No word. The trees hang silent in the heat. Undo your heart. Tell me your thoughts, what you were and what you are. Like bells, no one has ever rung. In the context of the group, at the psychiatric hospital, this poem was a total bust. What it asked, tell me your thoughts, what you were and what you are, are is too much, was just too much to ask of these uh, long-term hospitalized psychiatric patients. So the discussion went on, but it was pretty evasive and nobody really... Nobody really did any heavy-duty disclosure, let's say, or exploration. So I really learned something there in terms of poetry therapy. But I still maintain that it's an incredibly beautiful, simple, straightforward poem. And you know, Rexroth translated Chinese and Japanese poets, and I think you really see it in this, this sweet, short poem. I also think that for people who don't have major psychiatric problems... Sitting down with someone you're close to and reading this poem and seeing what you feel like saying afterward could be an interesting activity. Here it is again. No word. The trees hang silent in the heat. Undo your heart. Tell me your thoughts. What you were and what you are. Like bells, no one has ever rung. By Kenneth Rexroth from his book called New Poems. And so, that's what I wanted to present to you this week. And uh, if this podcast seems a little short, and it is, and you're still craving some poetry, let me tell you, we just put up a blog, which is an annotated index of the 53 podcasts we have produced and posted before this one. And that's intended to make it easy for you to browse through and find some poetry that you would like to listen to if you're feeling a little poetry-deprived by this short podcast. And let me just mention, they're all in order, and from the very first one with my good buddy Al DiGenova out there in uh, in Chicago, and there's a special episode 11 on the poetry of family and home. I hope some of you who didn't catch us from the beginning will look back there and and get an idea of what's here. That family and home includes Maria Maziotti Gillen and another friend of mine, Bill Schmidtkuntz, who lives in Sutton, Alaska, talking about hearth and home. Another one is uh, an interesting to me, and I'm so glad we could do it. Antler, ex-poet laureate of Milwaukee, read the poems of his lifelong partner, Jeff Ponyevash, shortly after Jeff died. Uh, that was episode number four. And then there's uh, Melissa Stuttered, episode 27, our most listened to podcast. I seem to always keep hearing of new awards and accomplishments about Melissa. 
episode 32, John Barry talks about how poetry honestly, genuinely saved his life. And you can believe him when you hear it. In episode 41, Lorette Luzjek from Toronto, Canada, talks about ekphrastic poetry, reads some of her work, as they all do, and talks about ekphrastic.net, her wonderful website, her online publication. So there are a lot of goodies there in the old podcasts. I hope you will partake of them. I'm Charlie Rossiter. This has been Poetry Spoken Here. Join us again next time to let poetry speak to you.